0: In this episode of Ask Ted, five reasons why you should do aerobic exercise. But before we get to that, I wanna tell you about something that I saw last week. In fact, this article came out last Tuesday and it was on the company Lumosity. And as you may or may not know, Lumosity is a company that sells this brain training. And they made some claims about the effectiveness of the types of brain games that they that they have you do, right? That they have on their website or their app or whatever. And they overstated the claim so much or outright lied that they're now having to pay $2 million because they got busted on it. And when I see stuff like that, it reminds me of my why and why I have this podcast. I want to sift through all the BS and the pseudoscience and all the other people who are trying to sell you things that don't really work. I mean, you you have a valuable time you're, you've have hard-earned money I don't want you to spend any of your time or money on things that don't work it drives me crazy and I don't want to spend my time or money on things that don't work either I mean how ridiculous is that and here's the thing that that really kind of annoys me as well is they they the games that they have that they sell they may work right? they actually may work because there's a difference between having something that works, but it's not necessarily proven to work and something that outright doesn't work. But guess what? You and I don't know. Why? Because they lied about it. So it's really hard to tell, okay, does their stuff just not work at all? Or did they just overstate the claims to the the point where they have to pay 2 million bucks to all the customers. And here I wanna read you something about uh, what the Federal Trade Commission had to say. In fact, this, this comes from a statement from the F- uh, Federal Trade Commission Bureau of Consumer Protection Director, Jessica Rich. She goes on to say, Lumosity preyed on consumers' fears about age-related cognitive decline, suggesting their games could stave off memory loss, dementia, and even Alzheimer's disease. But Lumosity simply did not have the science to back up its ads. So, that's really annoying when that happens because they could have just said, hey, there's this this may do this in fact, we're really hopeful that this works to uh, stab off age-related cognitive decline and help you with memory loss, dementia, and possibly even Alzheimer's but and we're working on proving this because we want to give you the best product on the market. but no, they didn't say that. they overstated their claims. They uh, put out some BS marketing. They got in trouble for it, and now they're paying money. And again, I want to let you know that. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I was thinking about having the CEO of Lumosity on this show. Now I have zero interest because even if their games do work and they do help you with your memory, it's like, man. Well, why do you? Why did? Why did you have to lie about it? Why couldn't you just put it in a way that? wasn't overstated and wasn't so hyped up. Why, why didn't you do that? Because that shows a lack of integrity to me. And I really believe the future of business, the future of the economy, where things are going, people are tired of bullshit. And I know I am, and I'm sure you are because a lot of the compliments I get about this, Podcast is that man. I feel like Ted. I feel like you're an authentic guy. I feel like you're a real guy. I feel like you're not going to steer me in the wrong direction. Uh, I feel like you're a truthful guy, and I, that means so much to me because I want to be that guy. Because I don't want I want people to treat me like that. I don't want people to BS me and and try to sell me on things because I've been taken advantage of before. You feel like a sucker, and you get angry, and you're like ah, you know, you got to kind of blame yourself in a way. Uh, and take responsibility. But there are a lot of people out there. And, uh, you know, it happened to me last year, I feel like I, I got taken advantage of and and I spent a lot of money. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I don't want that to happen to me. And I want this to be a resource for you, where you can trust what I say. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm always right. In fact, I'm constantly learning and getting better. But at the same time, I'm not going to intentionally ever steer you in the wrong direction. And if I do ever make a mistake, I want you to call me on it. Or if I figure it out, I'll call myself on it. I'll share it with you. But I, I just wanted to share that because that's part of my why, why I'm doing this, because I want to get things that actually work. I'm a very outcome-based, results-driven person, and I want you to be that way in your life as well. And man, is there so much, there's just so much pseudoscience and, and BS out there in the health and fitness industry. Why? Because there's a lot of money in it. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with making money, but I think there's a lot wrong with lying and or overstating your claims and telling people that what you have, your product or service is going to do something, but you don't have the goods to back it up. And uh, so I'll get off my uh, pedestal now, but I wanted to share that with you. I think it's so important. And I will have that article in the show notes. It's a very brief article. And there's a couple of other ones uh, that are linked to it and it's on Gizmodo. Uh, But you can go to the show notes and look that up. So, uh, And before we get to the topic of today, which is reasons why you should do aerobic exercise, I want to ask you, how is your new year going so far? How are your goals going? Have you set goals? Are you on your way to achieving them? Do you have a strategy? Are you taking action? How is it going? I would love for you to let me know. And if you'd like some help, go to legendarylightpodcast.com and sign up for the movement and be part of the movement. Sign up for the cards. We give them to you for free. We'll mail them to you. If you want the hard copy, you can also download them. There, we've printed up these beautiful cards and yeah, be part of the movement. So again, go to legendarylightpodcast.com and uh, go for it. Be part of the movement. So I want to share With you what I've been up to. So here's what I've done. Uh, Just last week, I went to my, or I signed up for my first Toastmasters group. Now I've been to Toastmasters before and I got the hell out of there because I felt it was so stiff and stuffy. But now that I have a talk coming up in March and my first keynote speech where I'm getting paid quite a bit of money to do it, in April, I want to be my best for both of those talks because I don't even feel I don't feel entitled to people's time. I need to show up and do my best so that it makes a difference for the people paying attention and so that they actually go and do something as a result of having seen my talk, having listened to the talk. So, it, to that end, I've signed up for the Toastmasters group, and I want to tell you something very important. I did not want to go to Toastmasters. I still don't want to go. But I went, I signed up for it. It's very stuffy, but what they do, it's training. The improv acting, which I highly recommend you check out, is a lot of fun, but this is more than that. This gets you, they count the ahs and ums that you make. They make sure that you have an allotted amount of time and that you stick within that time so you're not rambling on. And they do other things like that to hold you accountable. And I got up and I did an impromptu two-minute speech on communication and how I made a habit of studying communication to get better at podcasting and speaking and also my personal training business. So again, I didn't want to go. That night, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go to this. It's 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, I gotta drive through traffic, through Miami Beach traffic to get to downtown Miami to do it. But I did it, and you know what I'm glad I did? And I owe it to the people who are going to be sitting in the talk, just like I owe it to you to be the best communicator, the best speaker I can be, because I'm not entitled to your time. So that was one thing I did. I also, I went to a cooking class last thursday because i wanted to take my cooking game up to the next level right cooking is one of the most powerful ways of taking control of your health you can go on a diet you can try to calculate your macros and do all that stuff or you could just learn how to cook some healthy dishes and this was a cooking class based on cooking with the wok and the wok is traditionally used in chinese cooking and she had this great system for cooking And I'm thinking about doing some health retreats in the near future where you come and it's more than a health retreat. It's like you'll get an exercise program. You'll learn how to cook. You'll understand nutrition. You'll get some sleep advice. You'll get some other types of of, uh, training and advice Uh, As far as communication, I'm putting something together. I'll let you know when I've fleshed out a more solid concept. And I want to get some other people to come in on it with me. Maybe some productivity people or a nutrition person. We'll see. So anyway, the cooking class was great. and I'll tell you, I've been cooking a stir fry using this wok uh, that I bought from her. I've been using it almost every day. In fact, I would use it every day, but Giselle wants me to cook. She she gets tired of things very uh, if we have the same thing, right? So I got to mix it up. But yeah, so there you go. And I started doing aerobic exercise, which if you've li- listened to this podcast for a while, you know, I'm a big strength training guy. And if you have two days a week to do exercise, I suggest you do some strength training, but there are tremendous benefits to aerobic exercise. And I'll tell you, I've, I've probably shared that I've been working out six days a week, sometimes even seven. And a few of those workouts are handstand training and mobility for my shoulder and wrist and fingers so I can do a handstand well. But I've been feeling kind of stressed, especially the, the end of last year. Wow, I was really, really stressed. I, I held it together, but it was not easy. And this year I wanted to do something different. I wanted to take my health more seriously. So I started doing aerobic training and I started that actually towards the end of last year, but just today, cause I'm doing this on a Sunday, this will go out on a Wednesday, but the day I'm doing this, I went for a run this morning and I have my heart rate monitor on and, uh, I, 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 timed myself, and I made sure that I stayed within my target heart rate range because I'm not out there trying to do high-intensity intervals. I'm not out there trying to run sprints. And we'll get to the difference between aerobic exercise and high-intensity intervals and sprints and all that in, in a few minutes, but the heart rate monitor kept me in the proper range because my natural tendency is to charge hard, but I didn't, and I'll tell you, it wasn't easy because there were people on this track, and I have the this beautiful track at Flamingo Park here in Miami Beach, where the high school Miami Beach high school plays football. There's great track; it's brand new, just maybe a couple years old, a year or two old, and it's beautiful. And the the it's it's all uh, the texture of the uh, track is really nice, so you there's not too much impact. And there were other people out there running too. And people were, you know, how people get competitive. And I'm a, I'm a competitive person too. I'm a former competitive martial artist. I like to, I like combat. That's how I like to compete. So it was, it was tough for me. But that heart rate monitor kept me at my pace because I was there for me. I wasn't there to show off for other people. I wasn't there to race other people, okay? <laughs> and uh, I was there to train. I was there for my health as I'm already doing strength training, I needed to do something for my heart. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So even though people are passing me up and, you know, getting a little competitive, I just stayed and did my thing. And you know what? Uh, I'm happy I did it. I'm going to make it a regular thing to go out every week and do a couple of aerobic exercise sessions So let's get into it, the five reasons why you should do aerobic exercise, because you're probably already working out hard with weights, but you don't get the same effect from weights or high-intensity intervals or sprints than you do from aerobic exercise. And what we're going to talk about specifically is LSD, or long, slow distance training, Okay, no, not not the drug that uh, the hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drug that Timothy Leary popularized in the '60s. We're talking about long, slow distance training, and the distance can be a, a bit of a misnomer because there's other ways to do aerobic exercise or long, slow training that don't involve any distance at all. And we'll get to that. But let's get into the reasons. So, reason number one. Aerobic exercise increases the size of the chambers of your heart that pump blood, but it does it differently than intervals and strength training. Higher intensity methods like strength training and intervals, sprints, etc. lead to a different kind of adaptation known as concentric hypertrophy of your heart. And that is a completely different thing aerobic exercise leads to a type of change called eccentric cardiac hypertrophy. And the difference is the heart adapts to the stimulus of the returning of the blood through your veins, and it stretches out your left ventricular cavity. So, it starts to eccentrically, right? just like a muscle. You would work a muscle by eccentrically lowering, you know, you, you stretch the muscle under load. The same thing happens in your heart, the eccentric cardiac hypertrophy. And it specifically affects your, your, uh, left ventricle ventricular cavity it may, starts to make it larger and stronger and this results in a lower resting heart rate a lower working heart rate and greater cardiac efficiency so in other words if you do do interval training or strength training your heart won't jack up the rate as much because your heart is more efficient it's stronger and you simply will not get this type of adaptation if you work too hard, if you do interval training, or if you're even outside of your target heart rate range. And we'll get to that in a minute. I'll give you more specifics. But so so it increases, uh, of it, it leads to a very specific change in your heart called the eccentric cardiac hypertrophy, okay? Very important. So uh, another thing is it, can improve your performance in your workouts. And I already kind of talked about that, but it leads to having a lower resting heart rate. And while you're doing harder workouts, your heart, your heart rate won't, your heart, sorry, won't be working as hard. So that's important because if you do do, uh, if you do do the strength training and the, high intensity interval training, and you feel, man, you know, this is crazy hard and oh, oh, you're out of breath and it takes a while for you to recover, it can help you recover more quickly and not work as hard. Number three is improved recovery. So I just talked about how having a lower heart rate, lower resting heart rate, a better developed aerobic system uh, can help you recover during your workouts, but now I'm talking in between workouts. Because when you do aerobic exercise, you're flushing all your muscles with blood, you are uh, using continuous activity, but it's very low intensity. So if you're doing this right, it'll be low intensity on your joints, it'll be low intensity on your muscles, but you'll still be burning calories and you'll be flushing blood all around your body. And this is great for recovery in between your workouts. So I don't want you to stop doing strength training. I want you to look at aerobic exercise as a way to improve the function of your cardiovascular system in a way that weights and intervals will not do. And also to recover in between your workouts. And in fact, it's Sunday today, I've worked out six times this, actually, I didn't work out six times this week, I've had some hard workouts, I had uh, some issues with sleep a couple of the nights, so I had to skip, I think, two days, so i worked out five days this week. So it's Sunday today, I went for that run, and uh, I only ran for 15 minutes, by the way, but now I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling like, oh, okay, I'm improving my health. It wasn't like a hardcore workout that I'm gonna have to recover from. It's actually going to help me recover from last week's hard workouts because I did a killer workout uh, yesterday. It took me almost uh, an hour and 15 minutes to get through it all. So I wanna bring that time down, that recovery time that I'm taking in my workout because uh, I'm not in as good a shape as I need to be. So that's another important factor. And here, let's get into the most, I guess not misunderstood, but most underutilized and underappreciated part of aerobic exercise number four, which is stress reduction. So what we know about the autonomic nervous system, you have a central nervous system. That's your brain and spinal cord, but you have an, what's called an autonomic nervous system. And you may have heard that through different uh, podcast episodes, but I'll just go over it briefly. You have your, your autonomic nervous system is divided into two branches. Your sympathetic nervous system, like being sympathetic towards someone, right? But not the same word, just not the same meaning, sorry, but the same word, Sympathetic. And then you have your parasympathetic nervous system, okay? Uh, and those are the two branches of the autonomic nervous system. So the uh, the sympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system, then your parasympathetic, parasympath- sorry, mixing the words up there, parasympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system. And while that may sound very technical and like, man, what are you talking about right now, Ted? You already know this. So sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight response or some people call it your fight flight or freeze response so imagine someone cuts you off in traffic and nearly causes an accident heart rate goes up adrenaline gets released boom 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 right imagine you're gonna get mugged imagine that you're going into a competition and you're gonna do a race and you start to get amped up imagine that you're uh going to do uh, an MMA match, right? <laughs> your fight or flight starts jacking up. You start releasing your adrenaline, your blood uh, blood pressure increases, your heart rate increases, your body starts uh, releasing the stored energy in your muscles to help prime you into action. That's your sympathetic nervous system. And that's also what gets activated when you lift heavy weights and when you do intervals, high-intensity intervals, when you're working hard. So that is your sympathetic branch. Now you have your parasympathetic branch, and that's called your rest and digest uh, branch, right? So rest and digest. So if you have ever gone on a vacation and just felt like, wow, I feel so relaxed, or maybe you've gotten a massage and just feel like, wow, just, I feel so great right now. Or perhaps you did some deep breathing exercises or you uh, had uh, a magnesium bath that I, I talk about that I do. You feel so relaxed after it. That's your parasympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system at work. But here's another thing. Aerobic exercise actually stimulates the parasympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system as well. So in case you can't have a massage or go on vacation or do any of the other things, you can do some aerobic exercise. In fact, I've included two studies that talk about this effect. And I want to read something from the study right now. The data of this review suggests that the beneficial effects of physical activity may be due, at least in part, to reductions in sympathetic nervous system activity. Conversely, with the recent association with physical inactivity and chronic disease. These data may also suggest that increased sympathetic nervous system activity contributes to the increased incidence of cardiovascular diseases associated with a sedentary lifestyle. Sympathetic overactivity is common in many cardiovascular disease states and is related to a higher incidence of morbidity and mortality. Reductions in sympathetic outflow, whether at rest or during conditions that produce sympatho-excitation, may occur following exercise training. Alterations in the cardiovascular regions of the brainstem and other regions that are influenced by the levels of physical activity are likely to play a role in long-term cardiovascular health. Future studies will be important to further identify the central mechanisms involved in physical activity independent dependent changes in the control of sympathetic nervous system activity. Okay, I know that was a lot, but let me summarize that really quick for you. Exercise helps decrease that sympathetic outflow. So that if you're running around, if, if you're on the go, you, you're a coffee drinker, you're uh, working hard at work, you take the kids all over the place, you are really burning the candle there. You're you're dumping adrenaline into your system. Uh, and okay, that's cool. But what do you do to get rid of it? And aerobic exercise, in, in addition to all the other things I mentioned, but we're talking about aerobic exercise here, can help decrease that sympathetic outflow. And an increase in sympathetic nervous system activity increases the risk of cardiovascular disease. In fact, if you have high blood pressure, or then, then you kind of know this, right? Because what do they give you when you have high blood pressure? What type of medication? Beta blockers. What do beta blockers do? It it blocks the uh, action of these, these chemicals like adrenaline that that make your blood pressure go up and your heart rate go up so you already know this so if you have high blood pressure you should you should seriously consider uh, doing aerobic exercise to see if you can improve your uh, blood pressure and also decrease that symp- sympathetic nervous system activity and the last point is higher sympathetic activity relates to higher incidence of morbidity and mortality so, people who are like on the go, stressed out, I'm stressed, I drink coffee, I drink monster energy drinks, I lift heavy weights, like all that stuff all the time, I don't get any sleep, that makes it more likely that you're gonna die is what that means. So so don't be that guy who's all about pounding coffee or monster energy drinks and not sleeping and lifting heavy weights and doing intervals and balls to the wall all the time be a person who cares about the long-term health of your body because uh, going out like that, that's just silly, you know? And aerobic exercise does that. Again, aerobic exercise, not high-intensity interval training, not lifting heavy weights, and don't get me wrong, I love that stuff, and it's actually very difficult for me to make myself do the uh, the the long, slow cardio that we're talking about. It's hard, man. It's difficult because I want to go hard. So it's it's difficult for me to, to back off, but we're doing it because we're adults, we're taking responsibility for our health and we're doing what's best for us, not what we want to do, all right? Children kind of do that. So, you know, let's take control of our health. And the last one is that aerobic exercise releases BDNF, brain derived neurotrophic factor. So it's associated with increased uh, uh, neurons in your hippocampus and, and a better state of your brain. And I don't want to go into that too much, uh, but you can read the book by John Rady Spark, and he goes into he goes into aerobic exercise as so aerobic exercise helps release brain derived neurotrophic factor and strength training does not. Although, uh, you know, someone said that strength training doesn't isn't good for your brain, that's not true, it just doesn't release brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So, that said, those are your five reasons why you should do aerobic exercise. And I'll just go over them really quick again, because it causes eccentric cardiac hypertrophy the hypertrophy of your, uh, left ventricular cavity, which helps, uh, which helps you be more efficient and helps improve your aerobic system. It also improves your performance in your workouts because your heart rate won't go as high and it will also come back down faster when you're working hard, doing your strength training and your intervals. It will also improve your recovery. In between sessions, like I did my my uh, 15 minute very slow jog today, it was really kind of very slow. So it improves your recovery because it flushes your body with uh, with blood. It flushes the blood to to your um, to your muscles and all the other places. It reduces stress. That's number four. And we we talked about that. I don't want to start going back over that again because I I gave you a lot there. And it also releases number five, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And strength training and high-intensity intervals apparently do not do that. So now you're probably wondering, okay, well, that's great, Ted. Five reasons. I get it. You made a good argument, but how do I do it? And the first step that I want you to do is to make sure you do aerobic exercise properly. And how do you do that? Well, you use a monitor, use a heart rate monitor that so that you can ensure that you're working in the proper zone. And I'll recommend for one for you here. I personally use the Polar RS100, but apparently... Uh, it's kind of, I guess it's not that popular, or they stopped making it because I th- I think I bought mine for seventy bucks or sixty bucks a couple years ago, and now it's like two hundred. Uh, brand new, and that's just ridiculous. So I wanted to give you another option. It's funny how some of the older models are actually more expensive just because they're not around as much. So uh, I use a Polar RS100. I think it's a solid heart rate monitor, but again, they're charging so much for it, at least on Amazon, it just doesn't make any sense. So I want you to consider the Polar RS300X and I will put the link up in Amazon, the Amazon link up, and I don't make any money from this. I don't have the affiliate uh, system set up with Amazon, although that is something I should do, but I haven't set it up, so I I just wanted to be uh, straightforward with you about that. So get, get a heart rate monitor. You don't have to get the one that I recommend you can get anyone you want, but get a legit heart rate monitor. Fitbit, okay. I guess if if you want to, that's okay, but nothing beats the chest strap with the receiver on your wrist. That's the legit heart rate training way. That's the legit heart rate monitor. Fitbit's probably okay. Uh, If you're just not going to buy a heart rate monitor, fine. I'm not going to argue with you about it, but just know that it's not the best. Now let's get into some things that you can do, some exercises. So I told you I went jogging today. Well, you don't have to go jogging like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. You can do a number of different things and I wanna share them with you. So let's say you don't, you're don't, you not a fan of jogging, you can walk on a treadmill with incline. And I highly recommend if you have any knee injuries or joint injuries, and you have issues with jogging or running, try this, walking on a treadmill with incline, because the incline makes it easy to get your heart rate up and gives you a great workout and it's much less impact on your joints. A second thing you can do is you can walk outside. Now the problem with walking outside is that if you're in pretty decent shape, you're gonna have a hard time getting your heart rate high enough. And I'll, we'll get into what heart rate you should shoot for and all the, how many times you should do it and how long you should do it. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But just know that walking outside is going to be hard to get your heart rate up. Now, if you're just getting off the couch, if you're a couch potato right now and you're just getting started, then it's fine. Walking outside, if you can get your heart rate into the proper range, it's fine. But Let's talk about for the people who are already exercising. What you can do is add a rucksack or a weighted vest. You can wear either a backpack and a rucksack. That's what I guess military people call it. But you can put a backpack on and fill it with uh, a few things, heavy things. How much weight? Well, I I don't know. I don't know who you are or how much you weigh and, and what type of fitness you're in. But uh, it's all about hitting this target heart rate that I'll get to in a second. But you can also use a weighted vest. And what's the benefit of this? Well, you're walking, so you're not putting the impact on your joints. Although there's uh, more weight on you because of the backpack or weighted vest, it's still, it's not that, that, uh, that high impact that you get from jogging, jogging or running. So you can try that. And of course, there's jogging. That's what I did today. And I've gotten my knees to the point where I can jog. So it took a lot of mobility training and strengthening and isometrics and all types of other things, but now I can jog and I I didn't have a problem with my knee at all, Uh, but I had to stop at 15 minutes. Now, if I would've tried to go for, I, I wanted to shoot for 20 minutes today, if I would have done that, I felt like I was starting to feel my hip a little bit. The muscles of my hip were fatiguing, my left hip. And I was starting to feel like if I keep doing this, my left knee is going to bother me. And that that's the side that's really messed up is, is the left side. So I had to cut it at 15 minutes. But if you don't have any injuries, uh, you, you can go jogging. And uh, what's the difference between jogging and running? Well, it's just pace. But again, the idea is to get into the target heart rate range, and I'll get to that in a bit. You can also do biking. You can bike outdoors if you're into that and you have a nice place where you can do that. Of course, you got to watch out for cars and uh, you know all, all the things that can happen outside or stopping at stoplights and stop signs and your heart rate going down, if you're a biker and you're doing that outside. You can also hop on the recumbent bike or actually any bike inside and do your workout that way. You can also do rowing. And if you're totally bored with all the suggestions that I've already given, and you have some boxing or martial arts experience, you can try shadow boxing, okay? You can put the heart rate monitor on, and as long as you're shadow boxing within the heart rate range, you're good. You can also do other types of martial art technique drilling. I used to do, uh, I have a grappling dummy where I practice. Uh, I haven't been doing it lately because of my neck injury and some other things, but because uh, I'm focused on other types of exercise as well. Other, other uh, you know, the gymnastics progressions that I'm working on. So I used to get my grappling dummy. It's kind of like a punching bag, but for submissions and, and grappling. And I would do drills and I would just keep up the movement and I would keep my heart rate in the the target range. So you can do any number of things. The key is getting your heart rate in the target range. And what is that? Because I know I've talked about it a lot and you're probably wondering, come on Ted, tell me. And that heart rate is, let's say this is a rough guide. Let's say in between 120 and 150 beats per minute. And here's the thing with this: there, the the way to do this legitimately is to get your VO2 max test. That's expensive. Uh, you could also do a max heart rate test. I'll be talking about that at a later date because I'm. That's that's hard on your joints to do. That's hard on your body. Hard on your joints. If you're already running, you can do it. I'm not going to go into it now. But a good general recommendation is keep your heart rate in between 120 and 150 beats per minute. And if you're out of shape or if you're older, then maybe stay around the 120 beats per minute. If you're younger or in better shape, you can, you can push it a little bit and be in the 140s uh, all the way up to 150. That's fine. But don't, past that too much. Why? Because you'll hit what's called your lactate threshold. What is you, what is that threshold about? It's the point at which you transition from aerobic exercise into what's called glycolytic exercise. So you go from doing aerobic to anaerobic. And you're, it's also called your anaerobic threshold, by the way. So a good way of knowing if that's happening is if you're doing aerobic exercise, you'll be able to breathe. You'll be breathing faster and harder than if you were just walking casually or uh, sitting around, but you'll still be able to keep up a conversation with someone. And you won't find the breathing too labored. But once you get to the part where you're like, (gasps) and you can't keep up a conversation because you have to focus more on getting oxygen into your body, that is the sign that you're hitting that anaerobic threshold and you're not going to get the benefits of aerobic exercise. So all the benefits that I talked about, all the reasons why you should do aerobic exercise will not happen for you because you passed your your anaerobic threshold. So that is really important. That's how you know and 120 to 150 beats per minute is a good range, but pay attention though, because it's different for everybody. Some people have bigger hearts. Some people have smaller hearts. For women, uh, it's gonna be different. There's some research that suggests that women's uh, resting heart rate is much lower than men's simply because of gender differences. So that's all important stuff, but if you keep that in mind, if you can keep up a conversation and you use a heart rate monitor to make sure you're in that 120 to 150 beats per minute and you're paying attention to how hard you're breathing, you're probably going to be okay. All right, and I'll get more in depth in this as I start to figure it out myself because I used to be really into this and I got away from it. And now I'm getting back into it because I want a better aerobic system. I want less stress in my life. And instead of expecting my life to be less stressful, which is definitely not gonna happen, I'm gonna rise to the occasion and do the thing that I know that's gonna help me with my workouts, with the stress that I have in my business. And I'm gonna take a control and do it. And I want you to do that as well. So how many times per week should you do this? Well, I recommend you start at one or two times a week. But some people do up to three or four times a week. But if you're just starting out, try one or two times per week. Now, how long should you do the sessions? That's a great question. Some people do 20 minutes all the way up to 90 minutes. I know. MMA fighters who do up to like 90 minutes or people who train for ultra marathons or uh, Ironmans, they go even longer. Those guys run for hours or do aerobic exercise for hours. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not getting into how to train for a triathlon because frankly, I don't know how to, I could figure it out, but it's not something I'll be doing anytime soon or training for a marathon. It's not something I'll be doing anytime. Any uh, time soon, so that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about doing this for health. So my suggestion for you is you can do as little as ten minutes and work your way up to an hour. I wouldn't go more than an hour because why would you? And uh, so there you go. Do one to two times per week keep your heart rate in between 120 and 150 beats per minute but make sure you're paying attention to your breathing. you can talk to someone if you're with if you're running with them. Uh, you can just sort of see if you can talk while you're running. forget if people are looking at you or not you know whatever and see if you're able to keep up a conversation. And talk while you're exercising. And if you can, look at your heart rate and kind of correlate the two. And that will ensure that you're working in the proper heart rate range. Okay, and also do as little as 10 minutes and up to a, uh, an hour. What did I do today? I walked to the track. That took me 10 minutes. I, start, I ran for 15 minutes. And I walked back another 10 I, I think I walked back a little bit faster than I walked there. So the whole workout was like, uh, you know, around, around uh, 35, 40 minutes. I forget how long it was, but, uh, yeah, 25. So it was like 30, 33 minutes or something like that. And I'm going to wait a day then I'm going to go out there and do it again. And I'll get maybe two or three sessions. So that's what I'm going to do. Let me know what you're up to. And again, listen to your body. If you need to get medical clearance from your doctor, then do it. If you start to feel something wrong, stop. If you start to feel joint pain, stop. If you have any problems at all, stop. And if you want someone to help you on your journey of exercise and getting into shape, hit me up. I offer online coaching. I'm only doing personal coaching at this point, one-on-one coaching, and uh, send me an email. Ted at at LegendaryLifePodcast.com or you can go to the website and figure it out from there. But anyway, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great week and keep me updated on your goals. Keep me updated on your exercise routines. Let me know, are you putting this into action? I wanna hear from you. Have an awesome rest of your week and I will speak to you soon.